0: Welcome to Fearlessly Failing Hot Seat. In this app, I fire rapid questions at one of our fearlessly failing guests. P.S. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not so good at the rapid part. I get too intrigued by the awesome answers. Now, a new app is going to drop every Wednesday. So, enjoy this shorter style episode of Fearlessly Failing Hot Seat. Okay. Hot seat guest. First up, full name. You can add middles.
1: Sean Joseph Zepps. Oh, nice. Oh.
0: Sweet or savory?
1: 100% sweet. Like 100% sweet.
0: Do you know what I live for on your Insta stories when you get your iced coffee and give it a little shake? Yeah, it's latte.
1: I call that the, uh, the gay coffee swirl. Gays, it's just like a way to communicate.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: Reading people's minds. I would love Mm. the ability specifically to know people's sexuality. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I've always wanted it.
0: Best gift that you've been given?
1: Uh, The eggs from a family member of mine to make my beautiful children via IVF and surrogacy. Nothing will ever ever top that no gift no people should
0: just stop trying well I was just gonna say now anyone I ask that question to on the pod I'm gonna be like oh that's, yeah that's... but were you
1: given life as a gift were you given life as a gift
0: <laughs> that's what I mean that's right what... what's your favorite city in the world um
1: oh
0: Amsterdam Probably is the the
1: city I went to for the first time and got emotional being there. Like I think I'm not really a spiritual person, but clearly my body being there, like the universe was like, you're supposed to be here. This is the right place for you. The people, the way that it looks, the environment, the food, the culture, the music. This My body was shaking. I I would cry just walking down the streets and couldn't figure out why. Uh I was like, I don't know what's Uh going on here, but maybe in a past life or something. I'm from Amsterdam. I love Amsterdam. Oh. That would be well, my, my next. You go. That would be my international answer. And then my US answer, because yeah. you're there. New Orleans is at the very, <gasps> very top of my US list.
0: I have to go. I have to go. You not yet must.
1: Been. You absolutely yeah. must. You reach out to me. I will give you an itinerary. It has the Thank best you. food. It is like traveling international. It is such a magical <gasps> place. I just I adore everything.
0: My next question was going to be your favorite nature spot. Now, I'm guessing being in Australia now might be an Aussie spot. Potentially? Yeah, that's,
1: that's really interesting. Okay, I will say in the US, up in New Hampshire, northeast, an hour away from the Canada border, is where I grew up. And mm. my parents live, used to live. They'd just sold the house on a lake in Deerfield, New Hampshire, middle of nowhere. New Hampshire is just basically a state of gorgeous lakes surrounded by intense Mm. woods, woods where you'll find deer and moose and bobcats where you have to drive 30, 40 minutes to get access to food. Ah. That is like kind of my Ah. home. It's where I grew up. And in the worst times in my life, that lake in particular that my parents lived on Um, has just always been like a safe haven for me. You can get on that boat and you can just ride and there's no sounds other than animals in the wind. And it just makes me really happy. I think here in Australia, there are really similar places, not far outside of Sydney. You can get to like Brooklyn, New South Wales, Or even kind of like up near Avalon, where you can get lost in these lakes on a boat, surrounded by nothing but nature and not hear anything, like not see homes or hear the bustling parts of the city. And when you're a city kid like me, you know, I've been in the city for a really long time since adulthood. You know, those places kind of bring me back to Zen. And when I'm stressed, I do anxious exercises, like meditation exercises to just bring Mm. me to those lakes.
0: Ah, See, I feel like, you know, those two... Aussie hidden spots better than me. I've never been out past Avalon, or I didn't even know Brooklyn or Brooklyn. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, now you do. Brooklyn, you're here first, people. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say your hidden talent is?
1: Mm. Oh, my hidden talent. Um,
0: Well, like it's something about yeah. Go. Well, I
1: was. I mean, wait. What were you going to say though? That might change my answer.
0: No, it can be something about you, like a, a value or a trait that like people might not like. So for example, if we follow you online, we know mm. you're very funny. We know yeah. you're creative, you know, like is is your hidden talent actually like something, you know, I don't yeah. like something separate to that.
1: Oh, I'm a pretty open book about you like are. my strengths. Um, and so I think people get a chance to see a lot of that. I mean, I guess my hidden talent is there is a side of me that not a lot of people get to see and it's, you're getting to see it. And I think you got to see it the first time we met. I'm not actually always a laugh. I'm not actually always putting on a show like, and there's a part of me that feels very, very comfortable around straight men. Um, a part of me and my identity that enjoys uh, the masculine side of me and my masculine expression. And a lot of the great loves of my life are my best male friends that are straight. And when I can kind of sink into those communication styles, I mean, any girl listening will get it. Sometimes you get together with your girlfriends and it just cuts differently than even Mm. your relationships with with your Mm. husbands or boyfriends. But when you see me, and you meet me, you're often like, I get it. Sean has a lot of girlfriends and a lot of gay friends. That's it. That's what you see. That's what you get. But there's this superpower in me and this part that I acknowledge, I even write about it in the book, that there's great benefit sometimes to being around people based off of gendered groups or connecting based off gender stereotypes. Mm. And I know that that sits very far away from what we're saying is important right now in the media. But I have this side of me that people just write off. They're just like, there's no way Sean could be friends with men. And I can. And it's a big part of what brings me joy is I connect on a regular basis with kind of my straight friends and I lean into those those chats. I guess that is like a little secret that a lot of people wouldn't really know about me or even those friendships. I don't think a lot of those people even would know that I had them.
0: Can I also say I didn't expect you on the bus to start uh schooling me on Survivor and you got me addicted. <laughs>
1: oh my God, I love Survivor. You got me
0: so you know hooked.
1: Good, I'm glad. I was just I guess my answer overlaps with Survivor. People see me and they're like, oh, he wouldn't do well in a show like that. You'd win. Like, well, actually, there's a part of me that would do well in those environments, and there's a part of me that does shine. And getting to make connections with different types of people. You see me and you think I wouldn't be able to hang with a bunch of dudes who love AFL. And I'm like, you're mistaken. You're missing mm. the full story of Sean Zeps.
0: Mm. <laughs> Are you time. listening, Survivor? Are you listening? Yeah, you need to go on Survivor. <laughs> Do you have any fears?
1: Um. Yeah, I i am afraid of birds. Like I don't like birds very much. Uh, I like mm-hmm. will cross the street if I see a pigeon or, and like, if I'm on a beach with a seagull, I will be like, should we move? Should we move? Should we move? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like very, very un- irrational because I'm not afraid of like spiders or bobcats or heights, but I'm like afraid of these little birds. But the the fear that kind of lives with me recently is I'm really lucky that a lot of my grandparents are still alive, 75% of them. And my parents. But when COVID hit, I developed a fear of missing deaths. When you live so mm. far away from your family, you're missing out on a lot. But the idea that I might miss or not be able to get back home fast enough to be with mm-hmm. my family during those times, you know, three of my grandparents are all inching 80s and 90s. And so that starts to become a new present part of your day-to-day life and I will have nightmares and I will wake up and sweat and be like, oh my God, you need to call them. And so I think that's probably the fear that feels like the realest at the moment.
0: That's a totally understandable one. I mm. get that fear when I'm in America and I know it, all my family is in Australia. I'm like, what if they need me? Exactly. I, I'm, I'm 24 hours away. Really? Yeah. Door to that's, door. Exactly. Like it's not that quick. No. Okay, so it's a two-parter and it's your final favorite movie, favorite song.
1: Oh, oh my God. (laughs) This is stressful. For my whole entire life, I've always said Beauty and the Beast. And I think it's really fitting because I write about it in my book. But it's just like the first movie that woke me up. It's just the movie Mm. that, like, woke me up to the world, to the great love of singing and dancing, to Mm. the passion for parenthood, weirdly enough. And honestly... On my first date with Josh, he said, what's your favorite movie? And I said, Beauty and the Beast. And he like laughed in my face. He was like, what? (laughs) You're a grown ass man. But like sometimes even having children now, like sitting down and watching it and seeing the joy of Disney magic through their eyes. I'm like, no, no, no. I think I'm right. Of course, there are adult movies, Manhattan, um, Call Me By Your Name, that (sighs) as an adult have just like moved me, that I got to see myself in it, that I finally felt for the first time in my life that my stories, our love stories were being told Brokeback Mountain, like stories that as an adult I felt like for me, wow. But I always go back to the way that that movie made me feel and still makes me feel and now makes my children feel and I feel like it deserves the right answer.
0: I have to say, I love the way you wrote about Brokeback Mountain and how, just how you went from like, your experience of seeing a bit of it and seeing other people's experience of it and how that affected you and i was like my little heart was reading that like oh so
1: oh i'm glad
0: okay song go for it tough i'm i'm
1: yeah that's really hard i am gonna answer so i'm a singer always have been and jazz music is like a fundamental part of who I am when people ask me who my favorite singers are I'm always like Ella Fitzgerald Billie Holiday Aretha Franklin and they're like Mm -hmm. who are you um but that music has just always kind of like stuck with me and songs come and go but at last at at last My love has come along. That one is the song that when I'm sitting on the toilet or I'm in the shower or I'm walking alone on the side of the street, you know when you just start singing random songs? Mm. At Last just comes out of me. It's like inside Mm. my DNA. And it's just like the best old classic. And I feel Mm. like artists come and go, but songs like that just last for a long time. And I feel like when I'm really old, in a rocking chair with my husband on a porch and that song is played. I'm just going to be transported back to like every year of my life because it's like the consistent from my childhood.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Now, your book, Not Like Other Dads, is officially out now. It's going to be a bestseller. I'm calling it now. And to everybody listening, jump down to your local bookstore, look out for, I'm sure you're doing signed copies. Are you signing stock at some local bookstores as well? Yeah,
1: Booktopia. If you get it through Booktopia, they're doing signed copies there
0: right now. There you go. I'll make sure I've got all the links as well. So thank you so much. I cannot wait to see this book fly. I absolutely know it will. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.